0: Another great question from at Coach Kiki, she asked, would love to hear your mental musings about education set up and how it's an old model. And she has questions about alternatives. So I come from education policy from two different perspectives. One, in the late 1990s, when I was in the midst of doing my internships for my graduate work in uh, psychology, uh, I was fortunate to, to be stationed at a residential treatment facility, a psychiatric residential treatment facility. And my boss, Dr. Ron, was also a program director at a local graduate school. Happened to be the same graduate school I went to, but he was in charge of a different program, a different psych program than I, I went to. And uh, liked me enough, seeing my work as a, as a clinician, that he invited me to do some work for him. Uh, as part of his graduate program, and he tasked me with two things, and this is probably the best job, ultimately, I've ever had. He said, go create the graduate program, PhD, that you would like to take, and then he also says, and go create a graduate certificate program that you would like to take, so I literally spent six months doing research and writing, and I developed an interdisciplinary PhD program, something that I thought would prepare individuals for the 21st century. Uh, it was a lot of fun putting it together, thinking about it, um, and then I also created a graduate certificate program in health psychology, which I thought would be helpful for doctors, nurses, and healthcare practitioners in the psychological field to work with patients who are dealing with chronic and life-threatening illnesses um, from a very holistic or mind-body-spirit perspective. So I developed that as well. So. In terms, of, in terms of education, one, one route in is actually creating programs and thinking about how pe- both people learn and what would be the best expression of that learning in the real world. And then uh, policy-wise, my interest in education arose around 2005, 2006, maybe 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Um, at the policy level, I had been doing work on healthcare freedom and civil liberties. And I realized that at least at the civil liberties level domestically, some of the surveillance issues I was dealing with at the time, they were caused by some of our foreign policy initiatives um, that required us in, in some people's minds to kind of develop the architecture for a surveillance state here domestically to protect us. So I started doing some foreign policy work kind of trying to better understand our foreign policy and what drove us to do certain things in the world and as a result of doing that, I realized that one of the reasons we do some of the things we do, which I happen to oppose in many cases, is because the citizens, the U.S. citizens are easily manipulated by facts, semi-facts, quasi-facts, no-facts, uh, kind of about the emotional side. Their thinking brain kind of gets shut down and they're easily led out of fear, and it's kind of human nature, to support certain actions. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Maybe I need to look at the education system and what drives us to start being so receptive to the messages of propaganda. And uh, so I spent a couple months researching different schools of thought on, on education. I came across the work of John teller Gatto. He's written quite a few books on education reform. He is a teacher of the year, I think, in New York City and New York State. Um, But he was a guerrilla teacher. He actually violated most of the rules of teaching in order to get his students to actually learn things. He makes a distinction between schooling and education. He opposes schooling, which indoctrinates students to think minimally. Uh, I would call them to create consumer serfs and to be participants in the global economy as um, participants in the system system not as authors of their own lives, creating the kind of lives they want as entrepreneurs and participating in the system differently. Um, So I read his stuff, including his history of education, and I found his history fascinating. How our education system that we presently have today, the compulsory attendance to government schools, came about in the late 1800s, and how it is a model that we took from the Prussians who created the model – I believe in 19, uh, 1811, 1815, somewhere around there, um, after their loss to Napoleon, I believe. They realized that uh, they needed to regiment their society more in order to make it more uh, militaristic and subservient to the leaders in order to win future wars. So they created this education system, which we eventually brought here to the United States. Um, and it's fascinating to see primary documents, how you know the original people who created our system here in the United States you know, they weren't hiding the fact of what they were attempting to do. There was a couple streams of thought. Um, one was to create a docile public who would willingly participate in the industrialization process because you actually need people to work in factories. Um, so, you know, part of it was that there's anti-Catholic efforts there to take parents, children away from uh, Catholic schools, Catholic parents, and indoctrinate them into the quote-unquote American worldview. Uh, and there's other streams of thought that kind of led to this creation of the system. But the indoctrination into industrialization was fascinating. And John Taylor Gatto talked a lot about how our school system is set up and was set up originally to model after the industrial process. So you sit in rows, you listen, you're you're a recipient of information, you follow directions. Everything is divided into, you know, 50-minute sessions. You go from one thing to the other at the ringing of the bell. It's very much as the industrial process worked uh, in factories. You know, you you need a population that responds well to those kind of signals. Um, so I, I did a lot of reading along those lines, started talking to people who were thoughtful in this area, uh, in a very transpartisan manner. I was very interested in critiques, libertarian critiques of the education system, progressive critiques, you know, um, for instance, reading Ivan Illich, as well as uh, John Taylor Gatto, John Holt, and others. Uh, and it gave me kind of a bigger picture, understanding of what our, how our education system was created in the first place and what was is created for and how it is serving certain interests presently. And <coughs> once I got that clearer picture in my head, I ended up getting some clients and I ended up doing a little bit of work. Uh, for a couple of years on education reform, mostly looking, because of my mental health background, at the coerced drugging of students in, in government schools as well as the use of these universal mental health screening instruments in government schools. And it was kind of like the the, the psychiatri- psychiatricization of education, um, which seemingly started just a few years ago in the early 2000s, uh, but actually had started much earlier than that if you look at some of the primary documents of people talking about the need to... Manage emotions and control populations, and use chemical constraints and such. Which a lot of the drugs that are now being used for our children in these schools um, are chemical constraints to, you know, limit people's activity, ability to, you know, force them to ability so they can sit still and listen and learn. Uh, learning in quotes, and not to say that you know public schools are all bad or the whole system's all bad. Uh, I went through it. I think I'm pretty well educated, and I think a lot of people can get can get through the system and get pretty well-educated, especially if they're self-motivated. They come from families who are motivated for education, which fortunately my my parents were. But just because the system does produce some number of people who are thoughtful and active and engaged uh, doesn't mean the system in itself is a good system. So in the search for alternatives, in search for, for understanding the system, led me to searching for alternatives to the system. And I found a handful that I thought were really amazing, and I'm not one-size-fits-all, so I don't think any one system is appropriate for every one person. Everyone's different, and and their needs are different. But I found homeschooling to be a fascinating phenomena, and I looked into that, and I did research on it, and I learned to... Uh, uh, break up the myths. There's, there's certain myths about homeschooling and the effects it would have on children, their inability to socialize. So, you know, anytime there was a critique of an alternative, I, was, I looked into the critique. Is it legitimate? How much so? Are there workarounds to fix that critique? You know, if parents are so inclined. But overall, I found homeschooling to be a, an overall good process. Um, that led me to unschooling or deschooling, which I found to be even more radical and exciting. And this is the idea that children are innate learners. They're innately curious about the world. And um, and that if you are advocates for their learning, as opposed to creating, creating a curriculum which they have to do rote learning, you're advocates for their learning and you support them in their natural curiosities, they will not only learn what they're supposed to learn, quote unquote, so they can function in society, but they'll probably actually learn a lot more and to learn it in a more holistic and whole way because they're not dividing things up into 50-minute sessions where you have different classes for different things. You know, the world actually doesn't work that way. It's it's it's, it's an integrated whole. Uh, only in our education system do we divide things up into like, neat sections. Um, also led me to the Democratic Free School Movement. I thought that was fascinating, which is um, not for everyone, but I think it's really fascinating in that, you know, the system we have today, generally speaking, both pro- public and private schools, uh, it's very authoritarian where the student is you know sits and listens and the authority figure up front tells them what they need to learn um, and it's pretty it's very not democratic because it doesn't teach people to participate in their in their learning at all they just are recipients of a set of knowledge that the society or the school determines needs to be imparted on the student um, which you know then that person after you know 12 years of school, maybe they go to college in the same kind of process, ends up f- f- as a free adult, um, politically free, you know, uh, able to participate in the political process, but not really. I mean, there, there must be some intellectual um, dimming from that process, unlike the democratic free school where the students, age specific, participate in all the decisions which affect them throughout the day they deter- help determine the rules they have to follow and the punishments what's being studied who their teachers are who the administrations you know are uh you know it's not that they have a 100% vote and they can you know completely anarchy and take over the school but it's democratic in the small d sense that they do participate meaning meaningfully in decisions that affect them that i think the, you know it teaches them to both become authors or authorities in their own life or authors of their own life And Democrats, you know, they recognize their autonomy and they recognize their interdependence, that they have responsibilities, not only for themselves, but for people around them. I think that scenario creates a better citizen, generally speaking, than the authoritarian system where your child's in a seat and the authority figure telling them what to think and how to think and how to behave. And they have no role in, in determining any of that stuff. So I think the democratic free school system is a cool model. As I said, no model's perfect for everyone and there are other models out there, what I would like to see is as much experimentation as possible, especially at the very, very local level. Um, That way parents will have more choices to take they're not stuck into one system, you know. Perhaps the conventional public school is great, and they want to send their kid there. Fantastic if they want to go to a democratic free school or homeschool or unschool, Montessori school, uh, Ayn Rand school, you know, uh, you know, whatever school, multiple different schools there could be out there. The more, the merrier. And I would like to see, especially those schools which have students participate more in the decisions. Um, it'd be great if if adults, the parents. Or guardians also are brought in to help participate in that system because it's fascinating to think like in the I think it was the 1860s when they first had the first compulsory school program I think it was in Massachusetts and I might be wrong on the date and the location but I believe if I remember correctly it's been like s- seven years since I read this stuff um, when some parents refused to let their kids go to school because they needed them to do you know work at home because most people at the time were still uh, having home economies. Um, and the National Guard or the state militia had to be called in to remove some of the kids from their homes and force them to go to school. I think that's amazing to think about, because yet at one point parents saying, no, my responsibility to these kids is to oversee these kids. I don't want them to go to the school. And, you know, you could argue why they think this or not and stuff, but now we just automatically drop our kids off at school. We don't even think about it. Do we know the teachers? Do we know the administrators? Do we know the curriculum? You know, um, most parents go to a school a couple times a year. They get their report from the teacher. But how engaged are the parents in the whole process of learning? Do they know how their kids are being taught, what their kids are being taught, how the teachers teach? Uh, My guess in most or many cases, uh, either parents don't even think about asking those questions, just make some general assumptions about the school and the students and the teachers, or they're just so busy, you know, because life is busy, and because of time restrictions, they don't have the time to do so. But it'd be great if, in the future, with whatever school kind of systems that we're talking about, that parents were much more engaged in the process of determining how, what, where, and when their 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 kids learn. So, uh, hopefully, Kiki, that answers your question. My general thinking. About education obviously I'm quite critical of the conventional education system I think it might have served its purposes for a time being um, it definitely did because it created a whole class of people who could participate in the industrialization of our country perhaps a necessary needed step I don't think in many cases it now it no longer serves our purposes as we enter into the information age uh, we need other models uh, to look at and hopefully we can liberalize our system and have multiple different choices for parents and their children.